You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Emergency Department Podcast. This show may contain information about professional athletes' injuries. It may be descriptive and be unsettling to listeners. The information discussed may at the time of the recording be incomplete and be based on opinion rather than fact. That opinion is and should always be viewed as an opinion only. In short, possible offensive language, injury-based content, not always accurate. If you don't like it, turn it off. Alright, listen up everybody, let's get this riders meeting underway. As you all know, motorcycle racing is dangerous. Riders entering this event do so at their own risk. I'd like to remind you that he is not a doctor. Hey, this is Addison Emery. I'm riding for the Somnium Race Team. And this is the Always Moto Podcast. I'm Brighton Carroll, riding for Team TCD, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. Hi, this is Dylan Woodcock, riding for All South CMH Stunt Flying Privateer Team, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Cheers, mate. That's right, Moto fans, I'm not a doctor, but I am a physiotherapist, and this is the Always Moto Podcast. Episode 13 for the podcast. We're working our way up into the teens, people. Here we go. We're heading to round eight in Arlington for a triple crown this week for Monster Energy AMA Supercross. And we're coming off round seven at Minneapolis where we've had a few injuries that have come through. We've even had one midweek this week, uh, and we also had one on press day. So that was a that was a first for this season, but it's usually only one or two that we get at press day, uh, at least that we find out about. But that's what we've got so far to talk about this episode. So what we're going to run through today, uh, we've obviously got the injury list that we're going to work through for this episode. We've got some fantasy talk. We've got another interview. Yep, we've got an interview this week. Uh, we've been able to speak with Chase Flong about his injury that he had uh, from way back at Oakland 2. At Oakland, sorry, not Oakland 2. Just at Oakland at round 2. Uh, he's had some issues with his heel and ankle that he's been dealing with. Uh, he's finally got the confirmation on what's going on there, so we were able to chat to him this week. Uh, we're going to drop that interview at the end of the episode. As always, guys, we're looking for a bit of support with this podcast. If you know anyone that would like to give give some uh, sponsorship towards the podcast, put them in touch with us. Uh, our email is always moto 2019 at gmail.com uh, alternatively you can get in touch with us through the instagram account it's always.moto on instagram uh, so get in touch guys we'd love your support we'd love to be able to plug a couple of sponsors as we get through this podcast um, ideally ones that want to be part of the the moto community so but if you're listening to this surely you guys are already in the moto community and let's get keep that sort of thing rolling uh, so look, let's jump into this injury list. Uh, so the guys that got injured, uh, well, let's go for the order that it happened in. So press day, Jet Reynolds, the uh, Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki rider, the the rookie, came in with a bit of hype, came in with an from an injury. Um, we understand that he had a bit of a layoff time just before this season. 
and on press day, look, things didn't go go greatly for him. A lot of you would have seen that video of him ejecting off that bike mid-rhythm section. Uh, he seems to have uh, done a left wrist fracture. Likely that he is out for at least four to six weeks, uh, depending on what they can do or not do for that, uh, whether they use surgery, whether they go conservative. If they go conservative, it'll be a six, pretty much a straight six weeks. Um, Given that it is the start of his uh, East Coast season uh, and there is only, I think, nine rounds for the East Coast this year, uh, likely that he's just going to sit out the entire Supercross if that is the approach that they take for his recovery, which will suck for him because he's basically going to miss all of that uh, Supercross that he would have he's prepared for. Maybe the idea would be great for him to just fully recover the body from that wrist, from that preseason injury, and finally get on track, ready for the outdoors, which are starting in May. All right, then we go to the the um, crashes that happened on the day at the track. Unfortunately for one of our privateer guys that I've spoken to previously over the years with these injury lists, Van Martin, number 421 on a privateer Yamaha. Uh, he's had a big one, unfortunately. It's not a great injury to talk about. And if anyone's following him on Instagram, Send him some love. Um, his stories have been a bit rough. He's been in bed uh, for the whole time whilst he's had multiple surgeries. Uh, he's had a compression fracture of his T6-7. Uh, that might be T5, T6. I think that number has sort of changed depending on when he's been talking, his updates. Um, he might have got those a bit skewed from the medications that he's on. So, look, he's ha- like I said, he's having a rough trot. But, look, that is a fairly significant injury. From the limited information we have, because we have tried not to bug him, I did send him a message to say, mate, look, I hope you're doing all right, but I do want to talk to you probably in a week or two when you actually are out of the hospital and done with the surgeries, or at least the initial surgeries. Um, So we will try and talk to him down the track, but we have tried to leave him be just for the moment so that he can get that initial recovery and that initial care that he needs. So... The information is a little bit spotty, but we believe that he's all good in terms of feeling. Um, there is a lot of swelling from what he said around the, the cord, and he's had to have that those um, fracture sites um, stabilized, so they've been fused. So fusing a, a fusing vertebra means that basically you make it so that the, the vertebra above and below the fracture sites are immobile, and it ba- ma- makes that whole section of the spine, rather than being individual blocks, it makes it one big block. So where your spine would then normally move through each of those levels, it now can only move above and below, and, and that section there is locked. Um, they do that by putting in some uh, rods or plates across those joints and screwing into each of the vertebrae uh, in that one plate. So it's all one big block, like I said. Uh, it, it's great for stabilization. It, it will be in there probably for quite some time yet. There is a the potential that it stays there. There's also potential that as things improve down the track that he has that removed, but you'll have to wait and see. This is going to be a fairly long road for for Van. Uh, Hopefully everything goes smoothly. He did have a bit of a hiccup already from the Instagram stories. It seems that when they did try to do that first surgery to fuse the bones, um, they somehow, and this is a little bit of a shocker for me really, like these guys are, are medical professionals that are doing these levels of surgeries. They've got all this scanning gear and whatnot, but they've somehow managed to miss the bone uh, on a couple of the screws that they were trying to do to make the fusion work uh, and they had to then go in and reposition those screws it's kind of like a carpenter you know missing the timber with the screw it, it's just kind of like wow okay but 
it's happened hopefully they fixed that all up i haven't seen any recent updates uh, from him i'm assuming he's just having a, you know bit of a bit of a painful couple of days so fair fair gap on that one for him um but yeah look there's a bit going on there for van so hopefully he can get get well I dare say he's going to be out for quite some time, probably all the way through Supercross and Motocross this year, potentially even summer next year. And look, the reason I, what I'm basing that on is if you compare this injury to everybody remembers the Jeremy Martin uh, incident from back, uh, what year was that? I think that was 2018, 2019, somewhere around there when he had that Muddy Creek crash. It's um he had that whole that 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 basically that uh, end of that year and the whole next year off um you know so there is similar sort of um, injury there for for this uh, thing for Van um, compared to Jeremy's so look it's it's going to be a similar sort of time frame I would expect so hopefully we can talk to him down the track and uh, find out how he's managing and how he's coping and how the recovery is 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 going for him. All right, next injury that we've got for this week, um, we go to Max Voland, number 36, the Red Bull KTM rider in the lights class. Didn't make the best start here at at the East Coast opener in Minneapolis. Initially, uh, when he first went down, he went down early in that main event. um, And look, when he got up, he was holding his arm. But he's holding his arm in a manner that support was supporting his shoulder and collarbone for those sorts of injuries. Um, so straight away, I was like, "Oh, he looks—he looks like he's broken his collarbone here. He's going to be gone for the for the Supercross series." And look, Max has come out today. Um, depending on which way you're hearing this, it's today. My time is when I've seen it. Um, He—he's given this this odd update. And we tried to clarify it in our own when we put it out on our, our own always.moto Instagram account um, because there was a question already raised from one of my followers about, you know, what does this all mean when on, on Max's update? And look, he's had what is known as an incomplete fracture of his uh, collarbone. So essentially a fracture means that you break something in two, right? So that there becomes, instead of being one piece of bone, there's now two. That's a, that's a fracture, right? But if you an incomplete fracture is where that where it basically it breaks, but there's still one piece because it's still joined, so it's incomplete. It didn't go all the way through. So the issue with this for him is then one more bump on that, and it could become two pieces. So you've still got to essentially treat it as a normal fracture. It's still intact. It's still holding the the shoulder out at the right distance, um, but load through that would not be a pleasant or a welcome thing to to the injury. Um, so it's going to be at least probably four weeks on that one for him to recover that aspect of the injury. He did also talk about a hematoma on the shoulder as well, which look a hematoma is an interesting way of saying a bruise, a, a fluid pocket, a swelling. Um, essentially, it's the blood gets trapped into a certain area because you know the impact causes the blood to rush. It gets trapped in this area and it swells in a bloody looking pocket. Um, so it's a big swelling pocket that sticks out. It's uncomfortable. Some people need to get them drained depending on how they how they go and whether they start to be reabsorbed by the body quickly. Um, so he's got two aspects there. He's got the hematoma on the shoulder and this incomplete fracture of his of his collarbone. And so, look, like I said, we expect him to be a sort of four-week injury recovery time frame. It's not something he's going to get surgery on, or at least I wouldn't expect it for that. Um, so it's not like that can be recovered and, and done in two weeks. Like we've, I've seen a few of these last year when these were going around with all these collarbones. But... 
it, it'll be interesting to see what sort of time frame he does come back from it and whether this incomplete fracture is really small, uh, in which case the body could recover it really quickly, or whether it is a bit more closer to a full fracture and then it takes like the four to six weeks to get, get recovered from. But there's probably going to be a push from KDM because there's obviously now no no KDM uh, factory bike on the East Coast, so they're probably going to be pushing for him to be back in some form. Uh, ready to go for East Coast later, you know, the last few rounds or such, so they get the bike out there and about. But we'll see what happens with that one. It'll be interesting to see. All right, next one on the list, we've got uh, Max Anstey. Now, Max has been dealing with the shoulder injury where he indicated to us when we spoke to him a couple of weeks ago that he wasn't sure if he had a labrum or a rotator cuff tear. Now, the labrum being the cup, the soft tissue that holds the the ball of the shoulder the arm into the shoulder joint and the rotator cuff being the muscles that make the movement of the shoulder so two very different sort of injuries there but he didn't get any scans because he didn't want to know is what he told us he didn't want to know so he could just manage it don't worry about the problem uh don't know about it too deeply just work the problem and and get get through it sort of thing and he had been doing that and he'd been riding okay uh, he hadn't been riding during the weeks, and I think it had been about two or three weeks that he'd been managing that now. Um, but unfortunately, he went down again in Minneapolis. Now, it's one of those chicken or egg sort of conversations. Was the injury, the shoulder injury, what caused him to crash and then caused the second injury? Or did the injury before have nothing to do with this one, but he's now got two injuries? It's hard to know, and he probably wouldn't tell you um, unless you really sat down and didn't, you weren't going to blast it on a podcast or something along those lines. But... The new injury that he got from the crash at Minneapolis, it was the top two ribs that he's broken and basically underneath, and he even said this himself, he said he didn't realize that his ribs went so high. But if you feel your collarbone, underneath that is the first rib and it's right up there. It's very high up there. It's up into your neck, um, like just below your neck, base of your neck. It's right in that area of that pocket that your collarbone sits at, and then second rib down, he broke. So he broke those two ribs. Now, when he's broken the ribs, he's unfortunately punctured a lung, which has then then caused basically that part of the lung to collapse. Now, when people say collapsed lung too, you don't just get the whole thing collapsing. The lung is actually made up of a couple of components of different um, different pockets of lung. So you can collapse the upper portion, but you won't collapse the middle and the lower section um, or vice versa. You might collapse the lower, but not the middle and the upper. But in this case, he's collapsed the upper lung. Now, he also in that crash has managed to somehow bruise his heart, which is an interesting one. Haven't seen that one on the injury list before, but it's not. It's possible. The heart's a muscle. It's got blood in it. It could get an impact and cause bruising. So, hopefully, that one's no nothing too major. But it's probably something to be sore in the middle there of his chest. Um, and if he got his heart rate up at the moment, it'd probably be a little bit more painful. But the the issue that he had was that he wasn't allowed to leave Minneapolis via plane um, straight away after that incident. So he was in hospital for a couple of days because he had to reinflate the lung. And then with with flying and, and lung injuries, there's always a risk that that punctured lung being only freshly sort of sealed up and back back inflated, that the change in pressure that you get when you go in a, in a cabin of a plane, when it goes up into, up into the altitude, is enough to re-puncture that lung and then you end up with the, the lung collapsing again and you can have all sorts of issues again from the second time around. So he wasn't allowed to fly for the first few days. So the poor bugger was stuck in Minneapolis until about Wednesday, I think it was, uh, when he was finally allowed to fly home. But 
look, that's minor on the list of things that have, have gone on for him there. Um, being delayed to get home isn't nice, but look, it's, it's, it's manageable. So for Max, this is going to be a bit of a three to four week injury recovery time frame. The ribs themselves will, will heal in about four to six, but by about that three or four week mark, it'll be comfortable enough that he'll be able to ride. Um, so he may get back on track around that point. We'll have to see what he can do um, pain management-wise at that point, if he can tolerate it. But that, interestingly enough, that will give him probably plenty of time to actually rehab his shoulder properly. So it might actually be a, a blessing in disguise here because the time that he that he now has will help him with the shoulder that he wouldn't have had otherwise. And he might have then had to carry that shoulder injury for a long time through the through Supercross and even potentially having some issues dragging on into motocross, which would not have been good for Max, who's probably looking to that outdoor series to really show some uh, value in his signing there with that Rocky Mountain KTM team. But this, like I said, this might be the blessing that he needed to try and make make that shoulder be fully recovered with that extra time off because he's now not going to be able to race for a couple of weeks. So hopefully both injuries get a really nice recovery for Max here and he can... Uh, you know, be back on track 100%, sort of around that St. Louis round, which is, I believe, just after the Easter break. Or there's no, sorry, it's before the Easter break, but it, there's a there's a break in the series just before that round, so he gets an extra sneaky week in there. So um, should be should be good to go about that point, hopefully. All right, well, let's move on to the one. Now, this one, this this one was the one that everyone's been talking about all week. It's Chase Sexton now. When this happened on that, what was he, last lap or just before the last lap, there's there's a saying that jumps straight to mind. To finish first, first you must finish. And holy crap, was this the exam, prime example of that? I think the guy must have thought he was pretty much home and hosed, put the bike back in the truck, he's all good, he's got the win. And he comes, he, he just washes that front end straight into that face of that little single onto the table and the the suspension was just never going to give at all for that sort of moment with suspension with a supercross setup in the suspension and it just ejected him and look he landed straight onto the head yeah he's sort of side on to the body but um the head took a lot of that impact and you got to say when when you watch that footage back all you want to think about is Ricky Bobby in Talladega Nights running around going help me god help me Tom Cruise whatever he says there um and interestingly enough, Chase tried to run away from the medical crew when he was um, in that process of being assessed post-impact. And I think the the crew there, the Alpine Stars medical crew, made a good call by not letting him get back on the bike. One, because the wheel was you know completely screwed. But two, that he was obviously dealing with some post-concussion issues right there. And look, he he's come out with his update this week on Instagram saying that he was all good and he, you know, there's nothing wrong and he's been riding and stuff like he's supposed to on the concussion protocol. But it's just a safety factor that he, there was something wrong at that point. And anybody watching that footage that has any idea about a head injury knew that there was something going on and he definitely should not have been getting back on that bike or even attempting to. And I'm glad that the team, um, you know, the Alpine Stars medical crew didn't let that happen. And that they actually then were able to, you know, pass that information over and he has been put on put on the concussion protocol. It's something that I spoke about on one of the earlier podcasts um, when we had those issues with uh, Vince Freeze getting the Joshimoto's front wheel in his head. 
and even the um, second uh, crash, I think it was uh, was that last week, wasn't it, for uh, Jalik Swole when he's retired the helmet. And neither of these guys seem to go on on protocol. And I don't even know if they were assessed or tested for that because, you know, it just didn't, there's no information passed on about that side of things. But um, that's what we're trying to break down some barriers here and get some more info on that stuff. So I'm glad he's on the protocol. So what does that protocol mean? It means it's a five-day return-to-ride program as set out by the AMA in their in their rule book, and you can look this up on their AMA website. Um, so it's a five-day program. So basically, each day means is a 24-hour period that you cannot progress past that uh, that stage before the end of the 24 hours. Uh, and it means that basically, if you had a race within five days, you immediately rubbed out of that because the protocol cannot be um, fast tracked any more than five days. Luckily, in this instance, the next race isn't for seven. So that then also means that he's only allowed to do certain activities on certain days. And by day three is when he's able to start um, doing some riding again. So he's able to do gym works and um, cycling and that side of things uh, on days one and two, but it has to be managed within certain heart rate zones and have no no change in his symptoms or no, and no aggravation to the symptoms. And so that's what allows him to then pass stage one, stage two, etc. So he also then, uh, you know, is monitored to some degree along that way to make sure that he's doing the right things to avoid a second concussion uh, within this short space of time. Now, to clear the concussion protocol, yes, you do that five days, but what happens is when you get back to the, the next race day, and you get to track, before you're allowed out on track, you have to then see the Outpoint Stars crew, they do an assessment and they do the impact test online. This online test is basically like a bit of a, a problem-solving computer game. Um, you've got to sort of solve some simple, just you know, basic problem-solving sk skills um, within certain time frames. Now, every rider gets to go through this um, process before the season. It has to be updated every two years at a minimum so that each rider has a baseline. And when they have this, so, so Chase will have tested before the year or before last year. Um, and, and then now that he's doing this again, the score that he does this week when he turns up to Arlington will be compared to that previous baseline score. And if it's not within a certain percentage of that uh, original baseline score, he won't pass the, the protocol and he won't be allowed to race. So as much as Chase is now out and about on Instagram telling everybody that he's going to be back on track, he's ready to race, um, there's still that aspect that he's got to pass the protocol final stages on the day. So he still might not be allowed to race Arlington yet. We'll have to wait and see. I dare say he will. I haven't really heard of anyone that's, um, you know, turned up to the protocol and, and tried to test and, and failed. But, you know, there's always the first. But And also we haven't heard this information in this light previously. It's not something that many of the other media aspects, media outlets will be focusing on that aspect in that detail like I do. So hopefully you guys appreciate that little bit more in-depth analysis of what uh, what's involved in this concussion protocol, um, you know, from from the allied health physio point of view that, I, that I've got. So and that's why we do this podcast. We try to bring you some different information on the injuries. So Chase, yeah, look, Chase, that was that was heartbreaking. One, he lost, but two, he got a concussion. Was, you know, pretty much that sucks, really, um, to be that close to a main event win and, and not have it happen. So they're the main ones from during the actual event. 
we've since found out only a couple of hours ago um, Aaron Plessinger um, on the Red Bull KTM, he's had a crash midweek whilst training uh, and he's broken his lower arm. Now, details aren't completely um, out there yet for uh, which bone as such and, and that in the arm that he's broken, but it seems to be that it'll be his for middle of his forearm because there are some reports that he, he will be seeking surgery for that um, as soon as possible, which he's only done it today. He's got a, a, a back slab on an, on his uh, arm as a immobilization brace um, for him, and that's that's tonight their time. So I dare say tomorrow um, for their time they'll be, uh, and I say their time, it's US time. I'm sitting in Australia for anyone who doesn't realize um so so tomorrow their time he'll be seeing specialists and probably trying to get in to have that uh plated asap if he does have it plated again i'd suspect that that st louis round 13 will be the target for him to be back on the bike fully fit and ready if not before but that would be the minimum aim for him so it's like i said it's going to be about a four to six weeks recovery time frame depending on the surgery when it can get done I'm assuming it's going to get done within the next day to two, um, just knowing the connections that he would be able to get a hold of through Red Bull and KTM and, and Alden Baker. It should happen pretty quickly, which would be good for him. So look, guys, that's pretty much the, the injuries that we know of right now when we're recording this That we're, as we're heading to that round uh, number eight at Arlington. Triple crown format this week, which is going to be awesome. I mention in my article on fullnoise.com.au that's not out yet. You'll see it tomorrow. Um, that I'm interested to see how these East Coast um, 250 guys handle the uh, format with the with the Triple Crown. These guys are obviously a little bit younger. They've got a little bit more adrenaline, a little bit less control, and a bit more. I got to win, and I and I got to go hard to do it. Now, these short, short space races, multiple starts, everyone on the gate for those multiple starts, you know, the, the it's three main events essentially the whole way through. Will it give these guys a little bit more of a G up and will we then see either some injuries because they're going too hard too soon or will they fatigue themselves and that final moto be a bit of a shit show? Um, in terms of people coming off and whatnot. So I'm curious this is to see how they go. A lot of these guys on this coast have a bit of a history for for crashing and for then injuries. We're talking Austin Faulkner. We're talking Jordan Smith. Um, even Cameron McIndoo. Look at McIndoo last year. He had a few few majors uh, at Atlanta. So there's a few guys in this, in this East Coast uh, group that are fast. Yes, don't get me wrong. They are fast. But they're also just got a tendency to hit the deck and then get injured. So I'm just curious how it, how it plays out and whether we just see another runaway from the Aussie boy, Jet Lawrence, or not. He did a nice job at uh, Minneapolis, but uh, how will he handle the Triple Crown format as well? That'll be interesting to see. Um, but look, it's, it's good to see that all those guys got through that first round pretty well. Um, I will say that that footage of Tanner Ward is insane of him over jumping the side of the, the triple and somehow not hanging himself on that uh, Skycam cable. But he, the fact that he escaped that injury free is amazing um, and also a testament to probably his, uh, his boots because I think he slams one of his foot, foot on the ground. Uh, as he hits his as he impacts um and you know just just in general he, everything he must have been wearing i probably would have been thrown away because it would have been trashed after that impact so 
surprising that he got away from that one scot-free but that was that was wild that was really wild um so hopefully everybody else can keep keep getting through um somewhat injury free but we'll see how that that field plays out all right guys we're going to hit some fantasy talk now um the always motor fantasy league uh continues on uh on pulp mx for their fantasy site now Remembering, guys, we're, we're in the chase for the socks from Goat Brand MX, and we're in the, the second and third place chase is from False Neutral Industries for a hat and sunglasses. And at the moment, it's Jack Youngblood that's taken out the, uh, the lead of the, the overall series. Uh, he's got a little bit of a gap on the field nowadays. Uh, Scrubbing MBW is running in second, and he is actually about, what's that, he's 43 points down. Um, and then there's even a bit of a gap from him. There's a 20-point gap from, from Scrub and MBW down to MX Goat. Um, so these top three guys are starting to distance themselves from the field. Um, Hayden Wolf is bringing up fourth place, but he's actually not too far out of third. Um, but the rest of us are pretty much sucking, it, it would seem. <laughs> My round last, last round wasn't the best. Um, didn't have the best of picks. Um, I tried to send it on Josh Cartwright, uh, and that bit me in the ass. He didn't even make the starting line for uh, for the heat. And as soon as he wasn't on the starting line, I knew it was going to go bad. He, uh, you know, obviously had the shit gate pick for the uh, for the LCQ being right right out on the outside and on that short start straight. He was never going to get a good start, so that killed me. Um, but I'm languishing down in 12th overall at the moment, so that's not the not the best. But uh, I'm still in front of a few of you guys out there, so suck it. <laughs> as for uh, as for the round, so how did we go in the round? I'm just pulling that up on the on the side here. Uh, so the round winners from Minneapolis it was MX Goat with a round win. He got 293. That's a damn good score. Uh, and then Jack Youngblood. No wonder he's leading out. Right, he was in uh, not far behind in 287. And my man Ben Grinley, uh, Grino, two two two, uh, two two. He's got um, he got third. He finally put a good round together. He got two eighty two. Racing for the sun. That's TJ from Moto X Pod Show. He got fourth. Well done, mate. Um, and we're, who else? We got Nutcase rounding out the top ten in tenth there. Uh, Clinton Fowler, um, three laps down. He got fifteenth. Uh, not a bad effort there. Ah, my man Aaron from FullNoise.com.au. He's in sixteenth. He beat me. I was seventeenth. Like I said, sucky round. Motorbike Medic, who's had a few good rounds, had a dodgy one by the looks of it. He's in twenty-first. Um, our false neutral industries man, Pup two seven five. He's in twenty-second. And I think Nath from Goat Brand must have just took the out from the from the looks of it. He didn't even put in a team. <laughs> Sorry, Nath, I'm just blasting you there. But yeah, look, mate, you you've got to put a team in if you want to be in the, in at the win, it sort of thing. But anyway, all good, guys. But uh, looking forward to uh, seeing who the, what teams we can get picked out for this week. At this stage, when I'm recording this. Uh, you know, it says two days and 19 hours until lockout. There's still no selections available, so it must be some tough times for those uh, guys putting together the handicaps. So hopefully soon we'll have those uh, available to pick from. Like I, like I keep saying to you guys, Bart, I want you to post up the teams that you pick. Tag Always Moto, tag Goat Brand MX, tag False, False Neutral Industries, um, and pop, pop on the hashtag the Always Moto Fantasy League. Uh, and just share it around let's keep that talk going it's been a bit of fun with the comments each week when we're popping up the teams and popping up the results it's good to hear from you guys i do need you guys to tag yourselves because you 
crazy buggers. You haven't popped the same username on your Pulp MX Fantasy as what's on your Instagram, so I can't tag all of you because I can't remember some weeks when, when I've lost those contacts from previous weeks. I probably need to write a bit of a list somewhere so I can make this happen a bit easier, but it'd be nice if you guys can tag yourselves in those posts um, so we can get some more promotion going around for the brands that are providing the, the prizes and, and try to get some more brands encouraged to come on board for, uh, for the outdoors so we can have a few more prizes. If it works out any good, uh, you know, it'd be nice to be able to provide, provide like a prize for uh, each round winner as well. But we'll see how we go. See how we go. Leave it with me, guys. Leave it with me, guys. All right. What else have we got? All right. Let's move on now. We're going to just do a little, uh, we're going to, we've got the interview coming up from Chase Flong um, that we were able to do earlier in this week. Have a listen to Chase. He's got a bit of an interesting story. He actually took a few weeks to get back to us about doing the interview because he was chasing down a whole bunch of different medical opinions. Uh, and he's actually done a really good thing here. By not just taking the first opinion, he's making sure that everything is going to be A-OK for him and his recovery, and he's not rushing it. He doesn't have a dead set, you know, I've got to be back by a certain date. He's taking the time to get things right and hopefully that means that everything will be, you know, an improved situation for him when he does re- return to racing and he won't have any issues that hopefully then lead to, a, you know, an early injury as soon as he's back again because he's, you know, he's weak or, or the injury hasn't recovered. So have a listen to the interview, guys, and we'll be back just afterwards to wrap up the rest of the podcast. All right, guys and girls, we're here on the Always Moto podcast and we've got Chase Philong uh, here with us. He's number 154. He's riding a Husky. He's unfortunately got himself injured this year in Monster Energy Supercross. Uh, it was at Oakland at round two that he's had some issues, uh, but he's here to talk to us about the injury and his plans for rehab and recovery, getting back on the bike. So welcome, Chase. Hey, thanks, David. Good to be on the podcast. I've never actually done one of these, so thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, no dramas, man. Appreciate the time, eh? It's it's awesome for you to, to join us and and have a little chat about where things are up to with this injury of yours. Yeah, we can uh, dive right in or do whatever. I'll just follow follow your lead. <laughs> yeah, man. No, all good. All good. So, look, why don't you start off? Um, so, the injury happened at Oakland. Um, give us a bit of a bit of a rundown of, of what happened. Assuming it was a crash. So, so what happened there for you on the day? Uh, yeah, I was just, I went for a, a hot lap in the second time qualifying right around halfway through the practice went to, uh, jump through the whoops cause they were super chewed up <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I went to three, like triple in, uh, to the jump line and I, there was a rut you had to land into. Yep. I didn't quite set in it like perfect and it I my wheels kind of caught it hooked threw me to the right got off balance it wasn't even a a really hard crash I kind of just like stopped and but I think it was the way my foot was how I landed and the bike landed on it it kind of rolled and twisted I'd say but I I felt a pop and I was like it feels really weak tried to stand on it kind of limped over to the bike a couple feet away 
got on, cruised around the side of the track, and time was running down. I was like, okay, I think I can get one more lap in. And I went over the finish to do another hot lap and landed and just instant pain. And I was like, yeah, this this isn't going to work out, unfortunately. So I kind of just pulled off and uh, went back to the truck. And I, I wanted to ice it, but I was scared that – uh, it would swell up because I've injured that ankle, the same one before a couple years ago. And I was like, if it swells up, then I have no chance of getting the boot on. So it just stuck around in the gear, talked to some people and uh, went to try to line. I mean, I lined up for the heat race at night and I just went off the gate. I even got roosted because I wasn't really trying. I was like, I don't want to like bang into somebody and fall and make it worse yeah and i got roosted and even the roost hurt so i was like i'll cruise one lap but i was like yeah i don't want to get in the way so i was like i'll just pull off and unfortunately call it a night so was that like a bit of an effort there at that point to try and just get the night show money to get get back you know get something from the round or was that you thought you might be able to still pull it off at that stage Uh, honestly, it was a little bit of both. Like, yep. being um, a privateer, you kind of rely on the money you get from the, the AMA, the organization that puts on the race. Yep. So it would help a, a little bit to make the the trip up there. It's not super far from my house. I think it was six hours or so, but mm-hmm. hotels kind of like just little stuff to get some money back. But honestly, it was just, it's more about just racing under, under the lights, the experiences, there's nothing like it. Yeah. And to get that feeling it's, it's so surreal. So that was the main priority for me, at least to go at least, try to make sure i knew i put the effort in because i have people backing me too who i want to represent them good so it was it was more it was both but it was more on the side of i want to give it my best and give it a shot because if i was supporting somebody in that situation i would i would want them to be okay but i mean if they wanted to try that'd be awesome yeah yeah no that's definitely a good good attribute to have to make sure that you, you know you're giving everything you can in that sense but i want to go back to that that little comment there about that you left your boot on pretty much for the afternoon into the evening i, I, I always find it interesting what people will and won't do when they've done something to themselves and foot injuries i always think if you're in the boot and it feels okay and it's not like you can't feel like blood running out of it or something along those lines leave the boot on <laughs> So did somebody give you that advice or just because you've injured it before, you just knew that it wasn't going to work if you took it out? Uh, it was, I had a, um, I asked a couple people, actually, I was like, should I take it off? Should I ice it? Should I go to the medics? Should I leave it on? Like, what should I do at least for the rest of the day to try to go race the night show? Mm. And I had both both sides from people saying oh you should take it off and ice it and go get it checked out or but i've also people were like no just keep it on you're it'll be fine like and i was like yeah i think i'm gonna keep it on because just in case if it swells up then getting it back on would be a real struggle and 
this way, not taking off. It's, it's already set and ready to go. So I kind of just laid in the back of the van, put my leg up, <laughs> yep, elevated nice. it, and <laughs> just made it. <laughs> that's awesome that's as the boots especially for foot and ankles the boots are you know these days are pretty rigid so like they're they're already like a, a brace in themselves so if you're in there and you're comfortable go for it leave it on until you have to take it off and, and in this case like you said you laid down put it up so you're already you're doing the swelling management aspect of it anyway so you're sort of um, covering both aspects you know you've got it supported you've got it you've got it elevated you're doing all you can so yeah it seems like it worked out somewhat okay you got to at least get to the gate so that's a good thing yeah i mean I honestly didn't really know if one would be worse than the other. It was just kind of like, yeah, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> and yeah, like you said, it's a, it's basically a brace. So I had the, uh, is it the RICE acronym? You're supposed to like yep. rest, yep. ice, compression, and elevate. So I mean, I had compression and elevation going on. So exactly, you got two out of story. Four. Yep, or <laughs> three yeah well you're resting yeah too so yeah three definitely now awesome all right so yeah. that's that's pretty good you, you've used the i actually like that you recognized and you re remembered that probably from like one school lesson or something somewhere along the lines that acronym so that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah just unfortunately being in this sport you have your uh fair share of injuries you go through <laughs> exactly yeah it is it does come with the territory for uh motocross and supercross for sure so no definitely so what um after the event you obviously made your way home um when did you start getting checked out and and where did you start going to first to try and, try and figure out what what was wrong um so i actually got um after i tried to do the heat race I did like the one lap, didn't want to get in the way. Mm -hmm. I pulled off and got my dad and we, and he got like sat or got on the back of the bike and the weight like transferred and I like catch us. So we didn't fall. I put my foot down and it oh, just no. like sharp shooting pain <laughs> went up my leg. So yep. I was like, uh, I'm just going to go uh, check in with the medical team. Yep. So I, I went there at the track, they did x-rays and they said they didn't see anything, uh, but they recommended I get an MRI. And so I, um, I came home after that, went to, uh, urgent care, I think two days after yeah. maybe. Yeah roughly around there i went and uh i got more x-rays done just because um the one at the track is it, it's decent but it doesn't it's not the mo most like detailed so i just wanted to make sure on that aspect yeah i'm sure assuming, uh, i'm assuming that one with the alpine star guys there's only sort of like a you know, a, a mobile version of what you'd normally get if you walk into a clinic. So it's only going to see probably, you know, half strength or something around that point. So it might not be, yeah, the best accuracy, but yeah, it's probably a good idea to start with the x-ray again. <laughs> we need back to the medical centers. So yeah, keep yeah. going. Sorry about that. No, you're good. Exactly. Basically is the one is the uh, Alpine star size. It's just a mobile one. So I feel like it'll see like clean, like obvious breaks. Like I've 
I went in there uh, in the summer of 2020 when I injured this ankle and it was like, there's, there's definitely cracks and spacing where there's not supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so it works um, to some degree. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Just, yeah. But to get the more detail, I went into urgent care because it's just, you have a better quality image, I would say. Yeah. And definitely. it was, it was weird. It was, I got it done and one doctor looked at them like that night and um, they're like, I don't really, I don't see anything. I see some um, post-traumatic stress, I guess you would call it, like from the bone of the previous injury I had yeah, on the yep. ankle. And, um, and I was like, okay, well, that's good. I was like, I want an MRI done. I, they recommended that. And yep. just knowing my body, I can, I feel something is not right. That's not bone related. Mm. So I was like, I, I want to get an MRI and through my uh, medical insurance I'm covered by, it was kind of not the easiest, I guess. They were like, Oh, we only like to do MRIs if we surgery is required. Plus you have to call in and schedule and make an appointment and then wait for it to get approved. And I was like, okay. So kind of just waited on that i think it was a week or so and got the mri and then um they're like okay we'll probably uh call you within a, a few days to a week with the results and um it was actually later that day i got a call and i was like oh <laughs> man this can't be good they're calling me already because <laughs> it's so yeah so soon yeah and yeah, the the first, I mean, I answered the phone. I was like, "Hello." He's like, "Is this Chase?" I'm like, "Yes." How you doing? Good, good. Just the the normal, nice chit chat. Yeah. And then he was like, "I hate to be the bearer of bad Yo, news, man." No, and yep. I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> and he was like, "So you uh, you did some damage on it?" And I was like, "Ah." He's like, "Just give it to me straight, because I don't want to be like." beat around the bush just <laughs> lay it on me yeah and he was like you uh sprained your foot sprained your ankle sprained your heel and then you fractured the heel and fractured the ankle in two places and then has a have a full um tear of one of the outside ligaments on your ankle and i was mm. like oh my gosh <laughs> you're like fantastic this not what the news i was hoping for <laughs> yeah yeah i was like oh i was like this is not good so i um i went and i saw a sports doctor mm -hmm. i guess you call him and covered by my medical insurance and he was like yeah you uh you did some damage the only real thing i'm concerned about he's like i'm not concerned about any of the sprains those will heal fine just yeah, yeah. the ligament even though it's it's split completely ripped in half he's like that'll be fine i was like kind of shocked on that because i like i've knock on wood never had anything wrong with my knees i've been very fortunate with that yeah. but every time like somebody like tears an acl or something they're like immediate surgery and i'm i don't know ankles could be different than these it's a it's different a, part but i was yeah, like it's a little bit different unfortunately no the, um, surgery yeah the acl in the knee needs surgery it just won't repair itself the the ankles 
depending on which one of those outside ligaments, it, yeah, they can be. Because you've also then got still portions of the other um, other three aspects of the ankle ligament still intact. So it, it's still, you know, still potentially okay. So it's only if you rupture all aspects of the, there's actually like three bands that go in different directions to support the outside of the ankle there. And yeah, if you do all three, yeah, you need surgery. But if it's just one, you can sometimes get away with it. So yeah, yeah sounds like you dodged a bullet on that aspect. I- I, I guess so, which is good. I mean, I only, as far as the report said, it was only, I think, like, two ligaments were, like, strained or something, and yep. then, yep. which was, like, not bad. And then one was just, like, in half. So, I mean, I guess one out of three is, is better than uh, two or three out of three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're on the good side of the curve, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so they're they're not concerned about any of that and um they were just concerned with the fractures of where they were because um like i said i injured this ankle in 2020 i like i broke the talus in like multiple pieces i broke Mm -hmm. the calcaneus in multiple pieces and i broke the navicular and they were like this is not good like blood flow to the foot is not the strongest Mm -hmm. so they were concerned that the bones would um die if they didn't get the right blood flow so and they saw on that like for this recent one like re-injuring it i i didn't like break them in half i just have uh, two small fractures on the the talus and then a fracture on the calcaneus but it's in it's not in the same spot. So it's like new fractures, not like reopened, I guess you call them. Yeah. Well, that's kind of nice that it's not exactly through the old spot. And if it's not in completely (laughs) in two, you've only sort of, you got the mild side of it this time around. So that's better. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to be positive. (laughs) But yeah, it was, it's just um, smaller stuff. So there, but I guess the, the place or the area where the fractures were they were like those are the main concern right now so Mm. they're like we want you to get a ct scan so we can really get detailed images of the bone yeah and i got that um i think a, a week maybe two weeks ago yeah, yeah it was probably two weeks ago because then i had to wait for the results and um got the results and they were like basically kind of just just time they were like um going into it the ct you get a higher quality image and they were like fractures are are there but they're healing well and you have um a bony fragment that like chipped off in the back Mm, of the ankle near the heel and they were like we have we have hopes and it looks like that will reattach itself but if not and it causes pain and like um, limitations in the future then we'll go in and remove it but as of right now there's 
there's no surgery required. We they said they could go in, put some screws in and stuff, but they were like it wouldn't really, it wouldn't help or change your cause. So no, no. Again, no surgery. So <laughs> yeah, positive again, I mean, man. You, you sound like you've got the good side of the injury, if that makes any sense at all. Like no injury is good, but you're on the better side of things. So that's that's handy. Um, so what have they got you doing then? Are you, you yeah. just in like a boot or a cast or what's going on for, for immobilizing it, I guess, at the moment? Um, I am going between a, a walking boot and mm-hmm. um, uh, like compression sleeve and then icing it when I'm not doing it. But I'm also on crutches because um overextensive use of it i can i can definitely feel it'll get like fatigued and tired and just weak in general so i'm on the patches walking boot and then i got some compression some ice just kind of that stuff um hopefully should be starting to to walk like just normally with shoes on and stuff with Mm. i think next week oh nice yep as long as it's not like too much overdoing it yeah. because um it'll be easy this to, weekend um, will be run. six weeks i think yeah it'll be easy to overdo it man if you, if you jump on that foot in a pair of shoes you know first day and start you know i think you'll just walk down to the shop or something like it <laughs> it won't go so well at that point <laughs> yeah no i'm i gotta get some shoes um with some padding or insoles <laughs> or something not just flat so it's too abusive yeah yeah definitely no so so are you then are you doing any um like therapy work at the moment or have they not let you do that until maybe next week when you can come out of the boot a bit more often so actually i am uh, i'm calling uh later today yep to get um therapy set up and start going which i imagine like kind of what you said it'll probably start next week i'll call like today and then it just get it like an appointment set up and probably aim for next week and yeah yeah i think that'll be the the plan to start using it more but be smart about it yeah, it's all going to be a progressive reloading because, yeah, the it, it, too much too soon and you'll just be straight back on the couch doing nothing, you know, for another week, So, which you want to try and avoid if you can help it. So, Yeah, I don't want to do that. It's not fun. How have you been passing the time, man? Are you like a, a, an Xbox or something like that or, or just on the Netflix? What have you been doing to pass the time? Um yeah kind of just watching tv shows um not much uh i try to get out of the house i'll like go go for a drive because we're pretty close to the beach like 20 minutes i'll be driving with my left foot so (laughs) that's entertaining it'd be challenging at times too when somebody cuts you off so yeah yeah, I'm definitely more cautious than with my right. And I'm just like, I give more space for sure. I'm not in any kind of rush. I'm just like, if you cut me off, dude, just go ahead, I guess. I'm, I don't want to be in any worse shape. So, yeah, I just, I try to get out of the house because, you know, sitting on the couch all day is just, it's not fun. It, it gets old really fast. Um, 
Yeah. Actually, though, I've been going to the to the gym. The one thing that I um, talked to the doctors about was like, what can I do? They're like, don't don't walk on it. Don't put any weight on it. Don't. Mm-hmm. But you, I was like, can I swim? Can I go in the yep. pool? Because yep. I'm a big water person. I really love the water, whether it's a pool or ocean. Yeah. And they were like swimming like as long as you don't like like it doesn't have the full impact and the water helps relieve your full body weight just don't like jump on it or anything but like (laughs) swimming laps that'll be good you because kicking getting a little bit of motion as long as it doesn't like send sharp pain up your leg yeah then you're good to go which i was relieved to find out when i went and tried it there was there was no pain there was a little bit of stiffness but not like anything like shooting. So I've, I've been swimming the past two weeks for a little bit and just trying to get out of the house and staying active. But there have been a few uh, surf contests on, so I'm watching those because I, lo- I love to surf. I got a couple new boards here that are sitting pretty that I can't use. So that's just, just tormenting you in the corner there that they want to be used and you can't get them wet. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. They're, they're ready to go, but yeah, they're just sitting there right now. Not much to do except collect dust. Oh man. Yeah. At least you, at least the swimming thing, like you've asked the right questions and that's the funny part about some of these interviews we do with the guys when you get injured they they tend to just sit around and they think the only thing they could do would be like stationary cycling, but you know, they have a leg injury and they can't stationary cycle anymore. So if you've got the pool bit, that is actually a really good thing for most injuries, you know, be general here, but you can get in there and do a lot of stuff without causing any problems. And even just the, usually the water's a bit cooler. It's compressing around the area. So it's helping with that swelling management. It's, it's actually really good. And it's just good for you to be out and about and, you know, talk to people and stuff when you're there too, you know? So it's actually a great idea. Yeah, exactly. It was, it all came around to like, just, I want to not sit on the couch all day. Uh, yeah. Like you said, <laughs> talk to people, have some social interactions instead of just looking at the dog laying on the ground sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they don't, the dogs yeah. don't talk back. They're just good company. Being able they don't to talk do a back. little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no yeah they they won't argue with you which is good so (laughs) (laughs) uh that'd be a problem if they did but anyway so um so where to to next like what's the plan for you like obviously you've got the physio and stuff you're trying to sort out and if that all goes well we're probably talking like another month before you maybe sort of let's say you know normal training in the gym and you know maybe on a bike and maybe even for a jog maybe a month maybe six weeks (laughs) So what's the plan? Have you got like a time that you want to try and get back to the bike? Are you were you planning if everything didn't happen? Were you planning to be at, you know, outdoors this year or or, or what was the plan and now how has it changed? All right. Okay. So my plan for coming into this year of 2022, I was he- kind of healthy, but <laughs> my plan was to race um the west coast supercross rounds and then maybe like some of the more midwest in the middle of the country kind of yep. like a bit closer not like wise. full east because 
yeah it's just so far so i think i mapped it out i was gonna try to do a little over half of the rounds of supercross i think 10 or yeah, 11 maybe yeah and then for outdoors i was probably gonna do um i think that what there's 12 rounds of outdoors i was probably gonna do eight or nine possibly try to figure out something so that was kind of my schedule before Mm -hmm. it got changed um now it's just (laughs) uh i have a appointment um this thursday which is in three days to see a, a different doctor who um it's not under my insurance, but I've been going to him for a couple of years ever, ever since I first injured the ankle and mm-hmm. heel in 2020. So he kind of knows, I mean, he knows his stuff and he's kind of familiar like with how my ankle is with that. So I have an appointment with him in a few days and then I have a, a checkup with, um, uh, doctor through my insurance and or a checkup yeah in six weeks yeah so they said i can start walking like next week and then um check in with them in a a little over a month but i'm hoping by then it'll be um pretty normal just helping with the the therapy and or the Mm. pt it'll allow me to get back to like you said like maybe a jog some more intense gym training be able to like surf and then go ride more active stuff of of my normal routine i like to do throughout the week yeah definitely that six week and um, uh, that one would definitely be for that clearance sort of thing for those normal activities to start back to so yeah that's hopefully works out for that time period and then so yeah keep going where you're going after that what's the what's the bike plan uh i don't know honestly uh yeah you asked me uh, over instagram what was my plan i was like i i honestly don't know as of right now i'm just (laughs) i'm gonna try to (laughs) do everything i can to make this as, as smoothly and go as fast as it can but I before I got into this uh, predicament again, I was still having problems with the foot or not the foot really, but the the mm. ankle and the heel. Yeah, I was still going to physical therapy when I injured it in the summer of 2020. So I was like a year and almost a year and a half later, I was still having problems with it. And honestly, I I blame myself. Because I missed all of 2021 not racing from not being able to with yeah. injury. And I was like, I think I know it's not strong enough and I'm not comfortable with it. But I was like, yeah, I'm riding during the week. I'm doing my laps and I don't yeah. want to miss another season. So let's just give it a go. And then what do you know? Second race back. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> curve all gets thrown to me and you're like, oh, not again. Yeah. Well, look, maybe, so my, maybe uh, that was a good thing, but because like if you do go and see that doctor that saw you for the first time around and he's knows the history and 
and knows what's happened this time. Now, maybe it means there's, you know, something else that can be done or, or that, it, you know, maybe this injury corrected a couple other things that was holding you back because there would have been scar tissue from that other, other issue. And, and now maybe this movement that broke all this stuff might've broken some of that scar tissue up and freed you up. You know, you don't know until you, until somebody who's seen that, that back history gets a bit more look at you. So hopefully this one this week will be a, a good, a good appointment for you. Yeah. Thank you. Hopefully that's kind of what um, I'm thinking. I actually talked to my, physical therapist who I was going to for like a year mm. to try to get this through. And he was like, I'm sorry, dude, it sucks that it, it happened. But he's like, he had the same outlook as you. He's like, this might just like, Oh, I mean, it sucks that it happened, but it might've helped you in the, in a way. Exactly. Like, yeah. Recorrect some stuff. And I was like, I mean, you're the physical therapist, dude. I, I'll listen to you. If you think that, then, I, I love to hear that so oh look so and when we like, like I'm a physio, said, I'm going... but when we say some of that stuff it's like you know yes it's a positive spin to keep you guys pumped up but it does happen a lot of the time the second injury will correct something that has been bugging you from the first one and it's like how did that work but it just did you know what i mean so hopefully it does it for you too yeah i mean hopefully fingers are crossed but i mean what the human body can do and correct itself in healing pretty freaking mind boggling. If you think about it, 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 just to definitely. come back from some of the stuff. And yeah, man, it, like you were saying, I'm going back to the same doctor who I saw for the first injury, just because of the relationship built and he knows kind of what happened in the first place and just that familiar history. So I hope that'll be good. Yeah, hopefully that works out for you, man. That's that should be. Um, I, I'm, I'd be interested to hear what he says, and if he does say something like like what we're talking about, that you know, it was actually positive, but negative but positive, Joe. So be interesting to see what he says to you after this later this week. But um, but no, all good. Look, I guess it's probably a good thing too that you are not having a debt you know, a dedicated, I'm going to be back on the bike by this date and for this round, because it just means that you, you don't have any pressure. You can get the thing right and actually get healthy, hopefully in, in from, from, you know, way back to 2020, maybe correct all this stuff and come back properly for a change, you know? Yeah, that's, that's exactly the goal is just to do the best I can to take this, back to normal or the closest it can be to normal at least better than it was before is is what i'm gonna work for and that's what i hope happens because at the end of the day i I love this sport and racing has just been my whole life growing up and to where i am now but i mean down the road everybody retires and gets out of the sport and there's so much to life beyond that i don't want to be limping around my whole life in a couple of years I like 25 and then just 50 years just limping every day <laughs> not not be fun no that's the um you know the the motocross's dream is to still be able to do something somewhat actively in a straight line when they're 50 <laughs> you know not be hampered yeah. by all these old injuries so yeah that is the dream for most of us that have ridden a dirt bike in our teens and 20s so yeah <laughs> yeah that is 
that is the goal that we aspire to uh <laughs> live by and maintain yeah exactly all right man well look um awesome time today um is there anyone that you want to thank for looking after you or for you know supporting the racing when you've been able to be out there on track that we can uh give a quick shout out to Uh, yeah, like I told you, um, privateer. So basically I'm, I, my own program, but I have a, a few really good people that are backing me. Like my parents, my mom and dad are super involved, which is great. Uh, my girlfriend, she's been nothing but positive and a blessing in this. Uh, and then on the, the industry side, i AEO Power Sports with bikes and parts. They're really good guys. Moto Cuts does my graphics, always has the steed looking nice and pretty. Nice. Uh, Thrill Speakers does seat covers and ties everything together. So that's really nice. And I have Maxima on board for uh, all the oils and lubricants. Awesome. Yep. Just Pirelli hooks me up with tires every weekend for the races, or they did when I was there. When you <laughs> but, needed them, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I don't have a super long list of people. I kind of like to. I mean, I appreciate any any and all support I can get, but I do like to keep it like kind of kind of small because it's just more personal that way and you get to know the, the people behind it and build those relationships that even like we said down the road in the future when you're not racing just in life you can have a chat with and mm. they're good people you can enjoy it it means more if you stay with the same sponsor for more than 12 months doesn't it so it's um it's nice to actually have that connection for a longer period of time and 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 grow into that and you know maybe even work with them in the future like you suggested so yeah it's um yeah it's better to have i, I think it's better to have a small core group of of sponsors but you know sometimes you got to take the dollars wherever you can get them to get you to the race too so see how it works out eh <laughs> yeah exactly it's it, i mean we just as racers you you have had usually you've had the opportunity to to stick with the people that have helped you for a while or you've had the chance to to move on to a different group but i like to stay with the people i've developed and not just like go dancing around and go to this person for like you said 12 months and then this person for 12 months and then this person just it's good to to keep it similar pace and yeah you just yeah. get to know the the people on a personal level which at the end of the day i think means more yeah definitely definitely no man well, all right well look we'll, we'll leave it there appreciate the time today and um hopefully the recovery continues to go well and and no no surgery as such as needed and you can maybe we can see you on some outdoors later in the year if everything's working out well for you and um yeah, appreciate time joining us on the uh, Always Moto podcast, man. Yeah, of course. I mean, outdoors would be awesome. And uh, I will uh, keep you updated throughout this whole process and do my best to relay some information for you through uh, Instagram or whatever contact by means. But it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Awesome, fun. man. Cheers. Thank you.
All right, guys, thanks for sticking around. Uh, that was a good interview there with Chase. Great insight into what he's been up to and what he's trying to do with that injury. Uh, and hopefully we wish him well and hopefully it all goes, you know, goes to plan. And like we said, that one that he's having that follow-up with uh, that he's probably about to have when you're listening to this or he might have already had depending on when you're listening, um, hopefully that went well and it, it you know confirms a few things for him further that he's on the right path. But uh yeah, look, it'll be good to see him back whenever that is that he can get back. So that's the show for this week. That's episode 13 of the Always Moto podcast. We, As a reminder to all you guys, um, get tagging Always Moto um, on any of the injury posts that you see um, for any of the riders so that we can make sure we don't miss anything out there. Uh, and keep everybody up to date and fill you in on those you know medical jargon that these riders sometimes put out into their in, in into their injury updates or even just the the blanks that they leave and we can talk about what they are for you guys so you understand what's going on um, also guys if you want to get in touch uh, send us a direct message on instagram always.moto you can send us a message and suggest anything that you want us to to talk about on the show um, any writers you want us to try and interview um, your feedback is what keeps us going so send through some messages uh, and we'll, we'll keep getting some good content out you out there for you and like i said off the top of the show guys if you want to support the show um Please get in touch. It's always moto, always moto, sorry, always moto, twenty nineteen at gmail.com. Um, we would love to get some sponsors on board. We're also working on a bit of a T-shirt um, to get out there and start um, selling to you guys, so that we can try and get some funds back into this uh, production and try and keep things, uh, keep the lights on, as they say, and keep the show rolling. So if you guys are interested in a t-shirt from Always Moto, um, get in touch, send me a message, send me a size and we'll get a pre-order list going. Uh, we're going to have about 100 shirts coming our way in the next, uh, within the next month, I'd say. Um, so let's uh, get on board with that and try and order them up and then we can uh, you know, keep the show going. It'll be fantastic. So that's it for now. Oh, sorry, no, guys, guys, hold on two seconds. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like and subscribe to the podcast. We need some feedback on this thing, guys. Um, the, the, on your apps, you can leave some um, uh, feedback or comments or a review, whatever you want to call it. Every damn site says a different bloody word. Leave us a review. It will help us get that rating up. We'll help get more listeners. Uh, and like I said, we'll just keep this thing on, uh, keep this thing going forward. Um, also, too, guys, if any of you guys, all of this content is based on the Supercross and Motocross guys, but there was a couple of decent injuries uh, that I saw from the GNCC side of things. If you want me to talk about those things on the podcast, send me a message. Let me know that Stu Baylor injury is nasty. Um, so, yeah, we could talk about that on here too as well. So let us know. Send us some feedback. All right, guys, that's it. I, di- I am finished this time. Remember to be smooth and fast because if you're not, I'll be seeing you in the emergency department.